0: Hello and welcome to the weekly edition of the Mike Drago Sports Podcast. This is episode eight for the 2021 Burks football season. I'm at Governor Mifflin today, sitting with Mustangs head coach Jeff Flang and former head coach Mick Vecchio. Now on the staff as a volunteer assistant. Is that right, you don't pay him anymore? That
1: is correct, he's got enough money.
0: <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> great to have you guys here. We're gonna talk Mustangs football today, past, present, future, everything. Uh, Back to Jeff and Mick in a moment. Just first, a reminder that the Mike Drago Sports Podcast is brought to you each week by MikeDragoSports.com, which provides Berks County's most comprehensive coverage of football, soccer, basketball, and more. Check out the website to find feature stories, previews of the big games, game reports, schedules, and program histories for all the Berks programs. You can subscribe to the website by going to MikeDragoSports.com. The podcast is presented this week and every week throughout the football season by our sponsor, Utilities Employees Credit Union. UECU invites you to enjoy low loan rates, competitive deposit rates, member rewards, shopping discounts, roadside assistance, and cell phone protection powered by Buzzing, Utilities Employees Credit Union, a powerful new way to save money. Located in Wyomissing or at UECU. Dot org slash checking. Week 8 Berks football, we've got nine games on tap all Friday night. Uh, I'll be covering Exeter at Berks Catholic, another big game in section one. Well, Jason Grante will be out covering Cedar Crest uh, playing Wilson. Sam Cavalieri will handle Fleetwood at Hamburg and Pete Beck will be on assignment at Twin Valley. Check out the website Friday night for reports on all of those games. Now, back to our Hall of Fame guest, Jeff Lang and Mick Vecchio. First, uh, a little background. Mick was head coach of the Mustangs for 27 seasons, starting in 1991. Prior to that, he was an assistant coach with the Mustangs for 11 years. As a head coach, his teams won 11 Section 1 championships, uh, one in Lancaster Lebanon League, 10 in the Burks Football League. Over his career, he won 181 games, which ranks third all-time in Burks. I bet you didn't even know that, did you? No, I didn't. <laughs> I know you don't keep track of the no. little numbers. That's that's what I'm here for, to add up all those wins. Uh, 181 wins wasn't always easy. Some tough times in, in the beginning. We'll, we'll get to that in a little bit, but uh, thank you for being here with me today. Jeff Lang, uh, this is about 30 years for you This is 30, I think, yes. This is number 30. Okay. Uh, Head coach for uh, his fifth season. Um, Prior to becoming head coach, Jeff was the offensive line coach and one of the few assistants ever named to the Berks County Football Coaches Hall of Fame as an assistant coach. Great to be with you guys uh, today. Um, First, Mick, you had a lot of good teams at Nifflin over the years what was the best I'm gonna put you on the spot right away I know you I know you hate things like this but what was the best
2: oh that, that's really unfair you know <laughs> I don't know if it was the 96 team I don't know if it was the 2017 team uh, you know it's let's just say we were very fortunate to have a number of good teams. How's that?
0: Yeah, you, you did. Uh, I mean, Jeff, I, let's let's not include uh, last season or this season right. when you were head coach, but as an assistant, what would you say? And people ask you all the time, what was Mifflin's best team in the last thirty years?
1: Mifflin's best team, ah, uh, seventeen. But you gotta go back to some of Jan Johnson's years there. We his senior year. So what was that? Um, I think it was a fourteen or something yet. Like
0: right? Yeah, at, uh, I 14? think yeah, Around that was 14. There, yeah,
1: you know, we had a pretty darn good line that played for him, that played in front of him. Uh, so I, I would put that team up there pretty good. And, uh, you know, I, and I, again, I'd go all the way back. It might have been 94 or 95, and we had what we called the Dirty 30, where we had about 30 kids out there at practice, and, you know, they were a group of kids that were just so gritty and got after practice, and, you know, there were times we had to have a half-line practice because we didn't have enough to field two teams out there, but, you know, they were just really tough kids, and we had a good time with those guys,
0: Mick. I thought you would have said your last team, 2017, uh, eleven and two, uh, and you went into Harrisburg and beat them. I mean, that's got to have. Well, gotta, gotta well
2: no, that that's real big, but that you know that's current. That's the thing you remember. But along the way, you know, it's it's been, we've had a lot of good teams, and you know, you like you might ask the next question. Could be who was your best fullback? Well, holy heck, we've had a ton of good fullbacks. Um, so, I don't know.
0: I was going to ask who your best <laughs> left guard was, but uh, I, I didn't want to, you know, put too much pressure on you. Tucker Garner. <laughs> there, yeah, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Well, you should know that. I, I was going to say, other than 17 – I mean, 2007, to me, you were really good. That was in Sam yeah. Eagleson was your right. quarterback. Mm-hmm. George Schmidt was your fullback. You had Pat Haggerty and Casey Casentini in the backfield. A lot of weapons. Uh, and that team uh, – you know, you then again,
2: what about the year before that?
0: Six, yeah, two oh six. Yeah, mm-hmm. right.
2: was when we had Manzi and Joey Favinger and those guys. Oh my goodness.
0: Right. right, and that was uh, until last year the deepest uh, penetration into the state playoffs. Uh, yeah. you, you played yep. state college, yeah. which was essentially, I think, a state quarter final. That's right. That's what yeah, it was. It was, it was <laughs> and I harped on this a lot of times. It was like there was two years where there was not a district three championship you would have, Mifflin would have won right, yes. the District 3 championship that year, but the way it was set up, it was a sub-regional with District three, 6. 3-9, I thought it was. 3-9 yeah, or 3-6. Yeah. Like, yeah, so it just, but I, anyway, I, I declared you guys District 3 champs. It, you know, <laughs> so I put it out there. But, uh, you know, until last year, then you, you, you got one officially. Um, uh, so, uh, Jeff, la- last last year's team, obviously, tremendous season. Uh, did, you, did you expect to be this good this soon, you know, this year? Because you came right out well, against yeah, York. And well, just...
1: well, we lost a lot of leaders on the team last year. We were pretty senior laden. Yeah, you know, we had a lot of good seniors on that team. And uh, I was concerned about, you know, will the, you know, because these juniors that were played with them, you know, they were always under their wing. And, you know, I wasn't sure whether or not they would step up into that leadership role for the rest of the kids on the team. So I wasn't sure for a while there, but, you know, as the summer progressed on and as we got into the camp and especially after that York game, you know, they made me a believer, that's for sure.
0: So, like, by the end of the first quarter at York, you you're pretty yeah. certain what you yeah. had. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you know, the guy, it's amazing, as good as you were last year, and you lost a lot of good seniors mm-hmm. and Camerons at Rutgers and Brandon are the All-State player, mm-hmm. now at Kutztown U. And, you know, you've, you've filled in for those guys, and um, it's just been amazing to see it happen. Now mm-hmm. you, you handled Exeter last week. You're up on them 30 nothing. Exeter, by all accounts, is was is the is the top contender mm-hmm. in your section. So, how do you keep everyone focused after that? After blowing them out on their home field? Well, oh, yeah.
1: Score wise, okay, we blew them up. But in the second half, they did some nice stuff, and you know they took it to us a little bit in that second half. I mean, yeah, we came out on top with it. We had an onside kick to come out the half and got it, and luckily went down to score, but. You know, if we don't kick that onside kick, and you know they do what they were doing the whole half. That's a little bit of a different football game. So, you know, we the kids understand that. We watched a good hard film on Monday and broke down some things that the kids were really messing up on that weird practice, but they weren't executing on the field. So we're right now worried about ourselves and trying to get better every day.
0: Right. Um, yeah, they, I'll give Exeter credit. They were down thirty nothing. They didn't yeah. quit. No, they, they did not. They never do. Yeah, they, they never do. They play hard. They got a lot of talented kids there. Right. And uh, again, it's just impressive the way you jumped on them, and and because they're a good team, they're a right. playoff team, and uh, you you know would surprise me if you saw them again in, in a district final. You yeah, know, we're and, expecting to. Uh, you know, because in five A, I mean Warwick's out there, and mm-hmm. Central's out there, but Exeter, you know, can give those teams a game very well. So, yeah, are, are you are you concerned that? you know, there aren't enough challenges in the near future here for this team that th- your guys could get bored or start looking ahead?
1: No, I, I think we're – co- you know, coaching staff-wise, we've been around long enough to know that what, what we need to do every day, practice and stay on these kids, keep pushing them hard, keep having the practices that we typically have, and just get ourselves better. I mean, we did go through what I thought was a very, very hard, you know, up to through Exeter, very good, you know, six, seven games, six, seven games there that um, – they were tough opponents. You know, score-wise, yeah, we were way out in front of them. But, you know, they were physical football games. And uh, our kids, you know, stepped up to the challenge.
0: What's the, you know, the mental side of this team, the personality side that they know they can do some really good things this year? Uh, obviously, as a coach, you don't want to get too far out in front. But right. uh, how are they handling this this success and the fact that when they go yeah, out there
1: – yeah, it's a confidence thing, and we've built that. I mean, for how many years now we've been, you know, trying to get through. I always go back to the year that we got into the Eastern Conference playoffs as kind of the turnaround for the Governor Mifflin program because we got the kids used to playing in the postseason, and now it's an expectation from our kids
0: to do that. Is that I think that was 05. Didn't you start 0 and 2 or 0 and 0 and 2? I think year? we did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. right. Um, and so, you know what, I, I, Trey Rock reminded me of something after the game, I spoke to him after the extra game and, and, you know, kind of what I'm saying to you, like what's the next challenge or how do you stay sharp? And he said, well, we still have to worry, you know, wear our masks, we, go, well, we gotta worry about COVID, right. we have gotta worry about our grades, we gotta stay out of trouble. There's so many things that can trip up a good team. And I didn't mm-hmm. even mention injuries, which could happen in any week, but mm-hmm. there's so many things that we harp on that
1: every day at practice, the grades, the grades, the eligibility, making sure our kids are doing what they need to do to stay eligible and not just stay eligible, but to have good grades so they can, you know, further their career down the road. But, you know, the COVID thing as well, you know, we won't really push this summer for a lot of our kids to, you know, I didn't make it mandatory, but, you know, we talked about it all summer about going out and getting your vaccinations. So if somebody does get COVID in your family or, somebody on a team you know as long as you have your vaccination you're not showing signs you're going to be okay
0: yeah and and they're they're taking all this to heart I think because they see what the possibilities are right that's right last year was just a brutal year for everyone Mm -hmm. involved every sport no matter at what level (laughs) how much calmer and more enjoyable is this season and I'm not talking about the wins I'm just thinking about the every day going to practice and just worrying mostly about football Oh,
1: I don't know if it's just, you know, we're not just worrying about football. It's all those variables that we just talked about. So it is still a very stressful year. Yeah. Okay. And it's still you know, on your we, mind. And it's stressful because we know where we got last year and we have some unfinished business and, you know, it's that stress every day, making sure you got the T's crossed and the I's dotted that you're doing everything you need to do to get back where we were.
0: Yeah. But I know you're talking about uh, stress from expectation standpoint. Or, or all probably the way. expectation yes. standpoint, okay. but yeah, you know, I'm,
1: I'm still concerned because yo, know, I don't want yeah that COVID, yo, know, you get some kind of COVID issue going on at the end of this year, and that goes into playoffs. That's it. You're going to be done. They're not going to wait a week for you to be cleared, so that'll be it. Season right. over.
0: Yeah, that adds a whole, another element. That's, that's, and right. that's and it's totally outside of your control. Mm-hmm. It's you know it's a scary thing, but and it kind of looms over everybody. So. Expectate, expectations were high, mm-hmm. on, 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 your kids have those. It, it right. doesn't come from outside. They, they want to get back to where they were and win that game mm-hmm. and, and play for a state championship. When you hit number one, I think it was the third, third fourth week of the season, pretty early in the year, when you were mm-hmm. ranked number one, what was that like for you and the program?
1: I mean, it's great to you know, have that acknowledgement of the program. But as I told the kids, all I did is just paint a bigger target on our backs that, you know, we got to make sure we take care of ourselves, take care of our business. So, you know, we continue doing what we're doing and not let anybody knock us off.
0: Mick, I, I know you don't get into things like rankings and stats and records and things, but did you take a moment after Mifflin became number one team in the state for the first time and kind of look back and say, you know, quite an accomplishment from where, where we came 30 years ago?
2: Oh, my, yeah, uh, I did. Because very few people, Mike, know where we came from. Mm. And I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, well, we do. But we haven't forgotten at all.
0: Yeah, I was uh, talking to Jan Johnson a few weeks ago. He was on the podcast. And I said, Are you even old enough? Can you remember a time when Mifflin wasn't good? Know. And he couldn't. <laughs> you know, he maybe he might have been three or four years old. I don't know the last time he had a losing record, but. You know, that's pretty that's that says a lot that a whole couple of generations have yeah, grown up and never knew the struggles you went through. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's got to be rewarding, you know, you feel like the the, the father of the program or that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I
2: never thought I was the father of the program,
0: but
1: well, I I I'll, I'll speak with for that because when I came here, you know, I saw where things were and You know, we had to change the culture, and Mick did that. You know, he changed the culture. There was a lot of things he did that, you know, I could go on for hours about, all the different things with the tie-dye shirt type stuff and things that happened in the past that we won't mention. But, you know, he did a lot to change the culture and taught me a lot of what to be as a head coach.
0: Yeah, Jeff, what was your first season as a coach?
1: 92. Ninety
0: two. Okay. Oh you so you you were here for the one in ten season. Oh yes. Oh yeah. sure. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah, I
1: came in as he said you were six and five. I'm like, okay, this is cool. You know, I was came from basically programs that were five hundred my entire life through high school and college. And I'm like, all right, we got the ball rolling here and then we come in and go one in ten. And I pretty much thought the whole, whole thing was my fault.
0: <laughs> what well let's talk about some of the, the changes you made. I remember uh, and I don't know why I was at a school board uh, meeting, I think it was that year, that was 1993. And then there was a certain school board member who was making a big fuss mm-hmm. about it. You'd lost to Wilson, 60 to 14. And people were just, they, they've had, they had enough and, and they, they wanted some things to change. And you were at the board, I think you addressed them and you asked for some, some changes and you mm. kind of laid out a plan. Ta- yeah. Tell me about that. What were, you, what were you, what did you envision? What did you think had to change?
2: Well, a couple of things before I even answer that question got to understand. I got here as an assistant in 1972. From 1972 to 1991, we never had back-to-back winning seasons here. So football was not important. And it was like all that time, I'm an assistant, and I'm just observing, and I'm a kid, and I'm saying, you know, I think we can win here. and, And I really believed it. The only problem was I was the only one who believed it. And then I become the head coach. We get that winning season. Then we bring in the big boy. That's Jeff. (laughs) And all of a sudden, now we have two guys who really believe it. And uh, then we go to the 1-10. Wilson kills us, 60-14. to And uh, they call me in, and I had a plan on what had to happen. And I don't remember any of that plan at all. But all of a sudden, even what they didn't give us, what they did do was start to look at, hey, football is important. The school needs a good football program. And uh, Dave McCoy was the athletic director, and he did everything we could. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, when... The two, what, the 96 team, when we played Wilson, and you asked me before the game, do you have any predictions? And my answer to you, did you remember what my answer was?
0: You, I asked you, you remember what I asked you in 1996? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> I didn't think you were paying attention. Yeah, I do. <laughs>
2: and I said to you, my prediction was they're not going to score 60. And they didn't. They scored Seven. And we scored a lot more, and you know that's how things really got rolling, and you know pretty much, no looking back. Became an attitude.
0: Now, now I do, I do remember your answer. Yeah, they're not going to score 60, and and you were right. That was good. Let's take a, a time out here and get a word from our sponsor, Utilities Employees Credit Union, Pennsylvania athletes, families, and fans. Utilities Employees Credit Union invites you to enjoy our low loan rates. Competitive deposit rates, member rewards, shopping discounts, new roadside assistance service, and cell phone protection powered by Buzzing. Get started online at uecu.org or stop by our branch in Wyomissing on Meridian Boulevard. Utilities Employees Credit Union, a powerful new way to save money. Join online at uecu.org join. So, uh, Jeff, you said you remember some yeah. of the things that, that, yeah, that had to change. Yeah,
1: I'm going to point out the biggest thing, and uh, now Mick will totally agree with this and because he went to the board with this, was one of the crucial factors in changing everything was getting our kids stronger, bigger, faster, and stronger. And Mick pushed for our administration, went to our administration, presented a, you know, a strength class for athletes in the morning. First period, so we can get them in early. They get extra time during the day. And it would count as a credit, you know, it's got like a half a or It's just something for their, you know, part of their phys ed. But it was, didn't count for phys ed. They still had to take phys ed. And that, I think that was probably one of the biggest That's cultural great. turnarounds in our school that our administration listened to them and did. They, they backed us up 100% on that to the point where I was even using plan periods at the time to be down there to help run it and stuff and uh, because our first period plan so our administrators worked with our schedules to work that stuff out and i think that was probably the start of one of the most important things that turned everything around it was it, now our kids were physically ready to play against the teams like wilson and stuff
0: and and that was first period every day what from 7 30 yeah every day seven thirty to
1: 8 20 or something yeah. like that eight twenty-five. Yeah. and we did that every
2: day
0: mick what else did you know were you asking for what were the other major changes
2: well, the only other thing would be the ma- other major thing is to work as hard as we could to get coaches in the school, yes. and uh, and now we have as many coaches in the school as any team right. that we play. Um, and you know, it's like as a coach, you want to care about obviously number one priority right now is football, but the real number one priority is how they doing in school is it important and you know football's a vehicle to in a sense pound it into the kids you got to come through here this is fun we're doing this for fun but that's pure business and uh and i think that's the approach that we've always taken Um, so having everybody almost the entire staff in the school you know it's a great help
0: People uh, who aren't involved in sports as coaches or administrators, I don't think they appreciate the importance of having a teacher, uh, having a coach who is also a teacher in the school. Talk, talk about that. How does that come into play? Well,
2: you know, it's, it's, it's critical. It, you know, I know that we've had, and now more and more, every school has coaches that are not in the building. And, you know, they don't know what the kids are doing day to day. Uh, They don't know that so-and-so's really screwing up in this class, Um, where now all Jeff has got to do, not Jeff has got to do, all a teacher's got to do is email Jeff real quick and say, hey, he's really out of line in here, and let's get it settled. Um, But, you know, really, it all comes down to, we were at a clinic one year with Joe Paterno, and Joe Paterno said a good football coach, With the right attitude is worth 10 principles Mm -hmm. and if you stop and think about it it's true and the reason i say it's true is because the principal in high school is the ultimate authority figure where the football coach is not the authority figure but the kids all know who he is and the kids all look when he walks down the hall the kids behave real quick and so it's a good thing if you do it in a positive way, which I think I did, and I think Jeff does.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, what year did you switch to your offense to the midline? Because to me, that that was also another huge uh, turning point in this program.
2: That came about the time I'm going to say around 2006.
1: Okay, and was Rose quarterback? That's right. Two thousand six. That right. so was, was the quarterback. first year. Okay, yeah. and, and that's
2: when and we started going pretty much full-time. The year before, we just ran the midline itself, yeah. and but we we've sold out in 2006 to the whole works. Good story on that. You know,
1: Bill Morgan, okay? Everybody knows Bill Morgan, legendary coach from over at Wilson. Uh, he was done there and he came over and helped us for a couple of years. And he always said, you want to you wanna mess up a defense, don't block somebody. Remember him saying that? Yeah, I do. He said, if you want to give it. a defense problems, don't block somebody. And that's kind of where everything started from. And then you had a buddy from, wasn't it a buddy from Jersey that yeah. kind of uh, was He's the tinkering one who, with it? Yeah,
2: that, and he gave us like the formations and said, you should run this, you should run that. Like, for example. Free Navy stuff. <laughs> yeah. We were running the jet sweep before anybody around here ever heard of it. Because we got it from this guy. He said, Mick, you're not going to believe this. This play works. And uh, so then it just started to evolve. And, you know, we probably have the most unorthodox play calling system of anyone. For example, if you talk to Rick Keeley and and Bob Wolfram, their plays are boom, 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 all total 100% wing T. Our plays are all total 100% made up by him and me. You know.
0: And you're talking about from the blocking scheme on. Yeah, sure. i been. I mean, but have sure. uh, are they borrowed from here and there? You know, you. Well, you some are borrowed
2: and some are made up. Uh-huh. And uh, like we have one play that's a base play for us that's totally made up that nobody else runs it but us. And it works. Which play are you talking about? I'm here? not telling you. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> well, you only have three plays, so I'll, I'll be able to narrow it down. Well, you figure it out. I'm not <laughs> okay. telling you. Okay. So, but, so, and, and and why did you do that? Then you kind of went back to the well, drawing as, board and created your own stuff.
1: Phil.
2: You know, our Plus numbering film. system, we call our plays by numbers. And we have a 50, a 51. That's right and left off the center. But then, zero is also outside. It's an outside play. And it's all, as we progressed, we kept adding these numbers and saying, well, what the hell are we going to do? I mean, what are we going to do now? <laughs> yeah, what are we going to call it?
0: <laughs> so you, ne- you ran out of numbers. You had to throw zero. That's right. It? Yeah. I mean, you know, why didn't you just stick to the normal numbering system, you know, odds odds on one side of the line even? No, that we do. Okay. No, that part we do. That. But,
2: yeah, um, you know, as, as your offense evolves, you see more and more things that are going to fit into right. it that work out pretty well. You try to your best to be totally consistent. Now the beauty of it is, even though if you take another coach and they look at it, they'll go, "What the heck is this?" But it's no right. problem with the kids right. because that's all they know.
0: And but you've been running the same basic offense for mm-hmm. a number of years. Sure. Yes. I mean, Aren't your league opponents, I mean, by now they know what's what's yeah. coming. Oh, yeah. Somebody studies
1: film good enough, they yeah. Yeah. figure it out.
0: Right. Um, so I, I always thought that, and it's interesting, you, you said nine, uh, 06 was the first season you ran the, you went to the midline. Yeah. And, but your guys were not running that in junior high, correct? No. no okay, so no. it was all new to them as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Um, but since then, mm-hmm. you've been able to run it. Yeah, now they are. Yeah. In junior okay. high,
1: even down in our Broncos program, they're right. running some of that.
0: But I always thought that that midline beer, whatever you want to call it, was was sort of an equalizer because it's difficult to defend and it's tough to prepare high school kids in, in, Mm -hmm. I want to say a week. But really, it's only three to four practices you get. Mm -hmm. People don't understand your time at this level is limited on the practice field. It's not like the pros where you Mm -hmm. can be out there all day and take as much time as you need. Or even in the college, you can you can spend a lot of time on the practice field. You get two hours a day. Basically, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Mondays, right. you know, I don't know how much you do on a Monday, but still, that's not a lot of time for teams to prepare right. to stop you, right. right? And have you felt that's kind of been an advantage with that Definitely. offense?
1: Definitely. It's the speed of the – you know, the, the, the quickness and the speed that it hits is very difficult to replicate in practice, you know, from what we think – from what we see. And, you know, we're getting – it was getting to a point where we're starting to get a little frustrated because we were running it. Uh, Boone was running it, Redding was running it, Muhlenberg was starting to go to it, and you know, there were a lot of teams in the league starting to do it, and it was kind of like, oh, okay, well, everybody's going to start getting ready for it, but now I think we're back to the only ones that are doing it.
0: Well, and, I mean, that's, you know, they say imitation is the sincerest mm-hmm. form of flattery, so people saw that it was working for you, and they tried to adopt it themselves, which is, is smart. I think you have to follow the winning teams and, mm-hmm. and see what why are they winning and try to emulate that. But... It was interesting. When you did it in '06. Burke's League was a passing league at that time. Most teams mm-hmm. were, were spreading out and throwing the ball a lot. And because you were so successful at this, you changed the culture of the league. I don't know if you ever thought about that or were aware of that. But you changed the culture of the league, especially mm-hmm. in your section where, as you said, Rob Flowers started running it at, at Reading and now took it to Boone and, mm-hmm. and, and, and other schools. Uh, started running it uh, so I mean that's a great compliment I know you'd you'd rather they didn't but you right. got to take that as a compliment right uh, and you, you've played uh, Cocalico uh, most years up front yes. early uh, so you got you get a taste of what oh, it's yes. like to stop that mm-hmm. right I mean they run it as well as anybody yeah they run it
1: as good as anybody probably the best yeah you know, they stick to what they stick to it and that's all they do you know we've added a lot of stuff but that's all they do they have three or four plays and that's all they do uh
0: sports writers love to cover uh love to cover that cocalico uh mifflin game because it was over in two hours yeah (laughs) the ball never touched the ground nobody ran out of bounds it was just like bang 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 and the game was over nobody ever missed deadline with that that's for sure (laughs) Uh, so in 2003 you left you left the ll okay uh, to come, come come to the Berks League. Mm-hmm. I was going to say come back to the Berks League, but Mifflin had never really been in the Berks League before that. They'd been Tri-County. Mm-hmm. I guess back in the 50s they were part of a Berks League. But, and you took some heat for that, mm-hmm. uh, for leaving. How, how valuable – obviously it turned out to be a good thing, but how valuable was that to, to kind of get out of there and kind of get a, a restart in, in a new league?
2: Well, I think at that point, you know, we were playing teams in the Lancaster 11 League Section 1 – That were so much bigger and so much stronger than us. We were getting beat up every week, and I, I think, we made the decision as a coaching staff we got to do whatever we can, to move to, um, the Berks County League, and it's interesting because what nobody seems to, they remember we doing it, but nobody remembers Muhlenberg doing it. Muhlenberg years was early. also went yeah. through exactly what we did right and got out got in the Berks County league and did well did very well mm-hmm. um and that that's the reason you know it, it was funny because as time progressed there were a couple of years um section one of Bergs County was as good or better than yeah. section one of the Lancaster 11 League. a lot of years it was yeah. better yeah, yeah. um and you know, just the way it's turned out.
0: Well, it, it yeah, it's interesting. You know, you, you come to the Berks League and people think, oh, they're running away from the LL. And Blue Mountain and Pottsville joined Section mm-hmm. 1. Yes, they did. Both programs at the very top of their game. Mm-hmm. And Pottsville, uh, a few years later, went to back to back state championship games. That's some of the best football Berks County's ever seen from 04 to 10 or 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. When you had. Hall of Fame coaches at every school. I mean, Kevin Keating was at Potts, mm-hmm. Pottsville. John Yochum was at Muhlenberg. Dave Bedolas, a mm-hmm. heck of a coach at Daniel yep. Boone. He took them from zero yep. to 60 mm-hmm. overnight. And, and uh, it was just tremendous football yeah. week after week. That, that had to be, it was fun to watch. No, but, and it was fun to coach. Yeah, it was fun
1: to coach
0: it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, some of the, and Conrad Weiser was in there too, yeah. and, and competing very well. Um, that, that was just uh, one of the great runs. Now, that section, you, you kind of wore them down. <laughs> Mifflin's kind of worn down the competition because for like six or eight years, uh, mm-hmm. all of those teams were in a tight pack, and now the last uh, several years, some, some of those programs have dropped off, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, has it been too easy at times to win your section the last eight, ten years just because these no, teams? No, you know, in the last bunch of years,
1: Exeter's always been in there. You know, they've been there. And, you know, and, you know first Catholic, now they're up with us. They're a good football team, you know, really well. So, you know, you've got to make sure you come ready to play football each Friday night.
0: Let's take a time out here and just remind you about our sponsor for the Mike Drago Sports Podcast each week. It's Utilities Employees Credit Union which invites you to enjoy low loan rates, competitive deposit rates, member rewards, shopping discounts, roadside assistance, and cell phone protection powered by Bazing, Utilities Employees Credit Union, a powerful new way to save money. Located in Wyoming or at uecu.org checking. So I mentioned Jan Johnson uh, was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Yep. And he said, Mick, he said, you were really tough on him as a coach.
2: <laughs> yeah, I <it> was. <laughs> you agree? Yep. Uh, yeah, and not only him, but everybody. You know, I, um, as a head coach, I thought I took, took the position where I didn't care who you were. Everyone's equal here. And it's all going to work out. You might hate me today, but in the end, you won't. And I always felt it worked out well. I was tough on him. I was tough on my son, Frank. I killed my son, Mike. Mike was the whipping <laughs> boy of the whole team. Remember, Jeff? Oh, yeah. Mike was the whi- uh, Anything that went wrong that year, his senior year, I yelled at Mike. It was a given. Um
0: that was '96, I think. Mike yeah. Senior and Frank yeah. uh, was your quarterback right. that year. And again, you mentioned that as one of your your better teams, well, it and it day. certainly was. That team went uh, eight and three. I think you played Cedar Cliff in the, yeah, in the right. district in the playoffs. Yeah, that's right. That the, I think Mifflin's first district playoffs, yes, Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that was a, that was a breakthrough uh, season. wish uh, those guys were having a reunion. Uh, that's right. Friday night, after, Friday night. at the Muhlenberg game. Twenty-five yeah. years. Yes. Wow. Makes um, you feel old, huh? <laughs> nah. <laughs> but was a terrific team your defense was sensational but and, and a lot of coaches take this tact I think you know Bill Belichick's known for that I mean you know he had superstar in Tom Brady the best quarterback in the league and he you know you can't cut him any breaks I mean there's a danger there right if you had been easy on Jan or on your own sons you lose the rest of the team right
2: oh my yeah yeah no doubt in my mind um We had in, on that team in 96, we had a kid named Pat Chappelle. Pat was turned out to be the number one linebacker in the Lancashire Eleven League, and he was a tremendous football player. But I was unmerciful to him. I know you're not going to believe this, Mike, but I probably call Pat every name in the book.
0: <laughs> I've heard a few of those, those words slip out at practice from time to time. <laughs> Ever, uh, ever. Uh, I mean, and there's, certain kids can handle that, and there are some that can't, right? I mean, there, have you had kids that you just knew that it would just not be able to take that?
2: Well, yeah, there were a few, and then you just, you know, you'll, yeah. you you tone it back with those guys, you know, you know, uh, like for example, my youngest son, Doc. I never really screamed at Doc. No, you know, it just. He took care of it himself. I didn't have to.
0: Well, Doc always had this uh, knife collection. That's right. uh, That is exactly right. I I wouldn't be (laughs) screaming. And it was only in the bedroom right across from ours. (laughs) I still remember that. I think it was one of your first years or early in your coaching Mm -hmm. career. And uh, the the newspaper did a story about your family because all all three boys were on the team. I think Doc was a freshman when Mike was a senior and Mm -hmm. Frank was a junior. And and I remember a picture of, uh, you know, the three three kids and you guys in the living room. Yeah. and uh, I don't know if there was a picture of his. He had like, what do you have? Swords or knives? Swords or and knives. Yeah.
2: On a uh, four by eight sheet of plywood in his yeah. bedroom. Yeah.
0: I always remember that. I just figured I'm going to be nice to this guy. I don't. <laughs> I don't need him coming after me. <laughs> but I mean, again, with Doc, you didn't probably didn't need to yell at him. No, didn't need to. I mean, just kind of like a self-starter type kid who's yeah. going to, you know, develop into the kind of coach he's been. I mean, tell me this. You, you get, you've had a chance for a long time to coach with two of your sons on the staff. Mike and Doc are still there. How rewarding is that to to have that experience? And then also, I mean, they're not just there, but they're obviously leaders and and critical guys on this staff. I mean, they're they're helping now mold young men too.
2: Well, you know, it's it's unbelievable. I've been so, so fortunate that, um, you know, how many parents can say, they see their kids every day, it, you know. It's invaluable, and uh, and when I say their kids, you know, I'm also talking about my fourth son who's sitting to my left. <laughs> you know, and um, yeah, I have, you know, zero complaints. I'm not disappointed. I'm not the head coach right now. I'm just happy where I'm at.
0: Well, you, yeah, you have. Uh, <clears throat> None of the big responsibilities like talking to the media after games. I know That's you right. love that every That's week. That's right. And uh, you know, probably don't have to deal with parents or administrators. You just come and do football, right? That's right. You get all the bad stuff. Yeah, so. I get all the bad stuff. <laughs> so, I, I again, I was talking to Jan on the podcast a few weeks ago, and I told him, you know, I, I've covered football here for 40 years, and he would be in my top five players in terms of – both best, but most versatile players. Mm-hmm. Because he's probably the only guy that I've ever covered who literally could play every right. position on the field, including your 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 kickers. I mean, he pretty much did it, right?
1: Yep, right. Yeah, he, he was a punter for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's probably a better long snapper, which he was backing up at Penn State for. Right. So.
0: Uh, but you know, he played tight end. He could have played any line position. He was certainly yeah. big enough. Uh, as a as a junior and senior, he played quarterback. Of course, maybe he didn't have the speed to play wide receiver, but in your system, oh, it not matter fine. anyway. Mm-hmm. He he could block, and defensively, you, I mean, you could have literally played him at any one of eleven spots, right?
2: Yep, he I think he did. Yeah, you know, in his, from ninth grade to twelfth grade, he played defense at every single position.
0: That's just incredible, because it takes such a different skill set. Play all these different mm-hmm. spots, and and Jan uh, was just one of those, you know. I mean, well, he'd do anything. He was an age group swimming champion, right. you know, and he uh, uh, played any, you know, well, <laughs> state wrestling champ. I almost, yeah. I guess we should mention Two that he, he won the PIAA championship <laughs> twice as a wrestler, and then goes to Penn State, and they they just need a kind of a pinch hitter at wrestling, right. so he just goes on to the wrestling team. I mean, mm-hmm. a just remarkable guy. So so here's the problem I have. I need you guys to. To sort this out. So I've got uh, Jan, you know, one of the five or ten best players all time in Berks football. Now you have Nick Singleton on your mm-hmm. on your team. I mean, who's who's the, at the top of your Mount Rushmore? Who's the best football player ever at Governor Mifflin?
1: They're just different people. You can't even – you can't do it that way. I mean, obviously Nick's one of the best running backs we've ever had, but Jan was the most versatile kids we've ever had. So – you know, it's just two different ways of talking about best. Best at what, you know what I
2: mean? So
0: Nick, you wanna dodge that question too or I'm not
2: there's no dodge. He, Jeff's exactly right. He answered it exactly perfect. Yeah.
0: Uh, just trying to get you in trouble, that's <laughs> all. No, I, it's just it's remarkable that you've had in right. the span of what six, eight years, two guys, two guys like, like that. that right. Um but and and <laughs> Nick Singleton. So we gotta talk about him. Uh, and again, Mick is not one to uh Use a lot of platitudes about players. Mm-hmm. Even even Jan, I mean, you never probably said more than five mm-hmm. you know good words to me about him in a, in a row. But you're when you retired in two thousand uh, after this two thousand uh, seventeen season. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it was early eighteen. You probably waited a few months. I mm-hmm. I kind of remember to the spring till you decided to retire, and we we talked at length about your career. And the last thing you said to me is that you said. We got this eighth grader. You gotta watch out for this kid. And you gave me Nick's name. I'd never heard him. And I thought, holy mackerel, Nick's talking about an eighth <laughs> grader. This kid's gonna be good. Well, you were right. When when did you first see him? And I, I mean, obviously every little Broncos team has a star player. But when did you know that it was legit? Because there are kids that can be well, superstars uh, at age ten, and by the time when do they high... start
1: flag football, second grade. So, that would be it.
0: Age – is that seven, age eight?
1: Some, whatever second grade is. When they start flag football, um, I, you know, my son was is the same age. So, I was there. I was like, holy cow, look at this kid, man. He's like a man out there amongst these little kids running around. And, you know, that's the way he's always been.
0: But, you know, kids can burn themselves out or have other interests. You know, they could be a superstar mm-hmm. at age 10, and by age 15 they're, you know, into yeah. music or something No, nah, he's,
1: he's focused. He's so focused. I mean – He's got such a great family support system behind him that are pushing him and motivating him and doing whatever they can to provide him with the opportunities to get to where he's at right now. And so, that, that's probably one of the most important things about Nick.
0: So, I mean, at age 10, if I, if I went to that uh, little Broncos game with you and said, is this guy going to make the NFL, you would have said yes at that point?
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> I knew he was pretty darn good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would be yeah, a pretty good call. He's pretty darn good. I mean, it's crazy. I know he's still in high school to say that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but um, I don't think I'm going too far out on the limb to say that. When if you know a lot of people rank him as the number one running back in the nation,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and when Nick Saban comes from Alabama and wants a Pennsylvania running back, well, you know the kids right. are pretty darn good. So uh, uh, it, it just it's just amazing to have mm-hmm. a kid like that in our area. You know, you you watch college football on Saturday afternoons and you turn on Ohio State or Michigan or Texas or, or, you know, Clemson and you see these great players Mm -hmm. like Trevor Lawrence and you think, wow, where did that guy come from? You know, and you just want he must have been so great in high school. And now, you know, Friday night I see Nick Singleton. I said, well, this is where he came from. He came from Reading, Pennsylvania. He grew up as a Bronco and came through the Mifflin system. And it's just really neat to Mm -hmm. see a kid – at such a high level, you know, right, right. here in our, in our midst. That's right. Now, I, I asked Nick about how tough he was on Jan John, Johnson. How tough were you on Nick? <laughs> Not tough enough. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, nah, Nick Nick's, does great. I mean, he works hard. He's You know, you can't, you can't question his workout ethic. I mean, he's a great kid and gives you every, what he can give and stuff and everything he's got. Um, he's just been, you know, a great, you know, didn't have to do much because he was that motivated.
0: A a you know, star player on a high school team or any team, sets the tone for the locker room and mm-hmm. and what goes on, and how much of that does he does does Nick do? Because oh, you know he's,
1: he's still a goofball with those kids. You know he's still a kid. He's still a seventeen year old kid. He has fun with those guys, but it's it's good fun. It's not you know it's not nothing malicious ever. You know, but you know they they clean up after themselves. It's, it's all good.
0: But it's all I meant from a, a seriousness. He I mean. Oh, come
1: game time? Yeah. Come game day? Yeah, he's dead serious, and everybody knows it around him, and you better look out because he's going to hold you accountable.
0: But, yeah, he sets the tone in terms of work ethic and the importance of the game and focus, exactly. Um, And kids see that, and they have to be inspired. Right. right? Oh, yes,
1: yes, they are. And, you know, and and let's face it, you know, one of the reasons Nick's been so successful this year is, you know, he's got a couple other guys around him that they can't just focus on him because – you know, Eden Johnson or Dallas McNeil. You know, they're at quarterback. You know, they're just as much of a force as he is on running the option. And then you got Trey Rock running, running up between the tackles. So, you know, they've helped take some of that pressure off of, off of him. So, which is why he's having the success he's having this year.
0: Yeah, right. Uh, he, you know, and there have been star running backs on other teams when they don't have an offensive line or they mm-hmm. don't have other weapons or threats you could gang up on one guy. I right. mean, you, you know, and, and Nick has been fortunate in mm-hmm. that you've – and your system – hey, yeah. your system is such a balanced system and, mm-hmm. and, you know, you make the reads at the line, so nobody mm-hmm. really knows where the play's going, first of all. And then you've had talented yeah. kids. I mean, yeah. last year, you know, is, is amazing. Brandon Strouser was such That's a good right. fullback mm-hmm. and uh, an all-state pick. And, you know, he showed against Pine Richland, when you gear too much for Nick and right. you leave – you leave the center of your line open, Brandon would just just kill you. Yeah. So, uh, your defensive backfield, I, I'm amazed at that. And I was talking to Tyler Minick today mm-hmm. after practice. Tyler is a, a, a Division One baseball player, but it's interesting when you put him back there in your backfield. You can have four Division One players mm-hmm. in your defensive backfield at the at the same time. Mm-hmm. I mean, who who else can do that?
1: <laughs> it's a dream, that's for sure. I mean, you <laughs> yeah, know. we knew going into this year one of the strengths of our team would be that D, our D backfield, defensive backfield. So you know that that was good known going into the season. We'd have have that opportunity to coach those kids and do for us what they're doing. I mean, they're not only can they cover, but they they make plays at the line of scrimmage.
0: Yeah, Eden Johnson I could be a yeah. linebacker. You know. the way he comes up and hits. And, you know, Nick, obviously a big kid back there too. Aiden Martin, who gets (laughs) overshadowed. Yes, he does. Yes, uh, he does. Because
1: he's so valuable to this team. You know, he brings – you know, he's a very strong kid. He's very quiet, very mild-mannered. But you get him on the football field, he's pretty fierce. And he's very athletic. So – and he he does a great job for us. You know, we have him on offense. We line him up at tight end. And he basically is like, you know – 180-pound tight end. It looks like he's blocking as a 240-pound lineman. Yeah, you know, tight end. He's that strong and got great technique.
0: And I thought he did a great job last week at Exeter against uh, Joey Schlaffer, mm-hmm. a Division One receiver. Kid's six seven. Aiden's what five nine, yeah, five, five ten? ten, five eleven. Yeah, yeah, so he's giving up eight inches, and he was hanging yeah, he on. Nice job, yeah. Joey. Yeah. Or four or five oh, yeah, stages. he had great
1: coverage on him for many plays. That, yeah. You know, Joey Schaefer, he just made some great, great catches, and the quarterback made some great throws because yeah. they were covered. He was covered. Yeah. But I mean, just great catches, great, great throws.
0: Yeah, people don't uh, notice Aiden as much this year, again, because right. you have Nick and you have the, those two quarterbacks and, you know, your fullback, but uh, uh, next year – uh, when Nick's gone, I mean, Aiden's going to yeah. He's going to
1: put those shoes on. He's
0: going to be the man. Yeah. And people are going to say, say, "Where was this guy?" And but he's been making place for you now for two years right. uh, out of that backfield. So, uh, okay, let's look forward a little bit. How, <laughs> how often every day does somebody come up to you and mention, uh, you know, coach, you're going to win a state title? This Too day. many
1: times. It's all the time. And you know, again, you got to keep yourself grounded because one slip up it's over. So again, we just keep coaching one week at a time, just worry about today's practice, get better and do our thing.
0: Are are you you confident in the kids and the the um, the mindset that they're not going to they're not going to look too far ahead and they're not going to look past, you know, when you get to week 11 they're not going to look past that team. No, and... I'm
1: confident that they're they're just worried about that week. Yeah. And as coaching staff and the you know experience we've we, we want to make sure that's all they worry about.
0: You, you played uh, your last game last year against Pine Richland, state yep. semifinal, 48-44. to 44. 44, one, you know, I know you don't want to hear this. One of the best football games I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it was tough on that sideline, but it was just an incredible football game, two talented teams just whacking each other mm-hmm. play after play. Um, and – a super difficult loss when you get yeah. that close and, and lose, and then you see the next week, and they, I forget who they played. They just ran over that yeah. team. You know, to know you could have been there, how, yep. how difficult was it? It to was watch?
1: difficult. It was very difficult, um, you know, especially how far out in front of them we got, and we just could not close the door on them. Um, you know, they had – you know, unfortunately, we, I think it was in the same series we had two of our key defensive kids get hurt, and uh, I think that wore on us a little bit as the game went on. And uh, we just we just couldn't stop them. They they had so much depth compared to what we had, and uh, they were able to just you know finish the game. Yeah, better you, than we did.
0: You ran out of players. I mm-hmm. mean, you, you you didn't have Eden to start. That's right because he was ineligible. So and then you lose two defensive starters That's on right. one play. So basically, you're down to your your you know your twelfth, uh, thirteenth, fourteenth best defensive right. player. Mm -hmm. players were on the field and against a team like Pine Richland with the Mm -hmm. offense they have. That's right. You know, you can't – in high school football, you don't have the depth that you do in college or the pros where the guys on the bench can come in and they're just as good. Right. No, I mean, when you get to that ninth, 10th, 11th guy, you're talking about some average – Yeah, a school like uh, Pine Richland who had,
1: they were deep. You know, they just – you know, they have the kids there. It's a big school and they had a lot of depth compared to
0: us. So, how much did – that loss and the pain of that drive your guys throughout the off season. And even to this point, I mean, is it kind of defined? You. <laughs>
1: back my shirt, right?
0: <laughs> Unfinished business. Okay, so yeah. yeah,
1: that's that's all we talked about all year. Yeah. Um, Doc Vecchio uh, made a binder from last year at the end of that game. I think it had 300 seats as like day one or something. So it's like from 365 down to day one. And every day in front of the kids, you know, he opens the binder, he rips out a page, okay? So, as yesterday there were 60 days left. That's how I focused our kids are, are just trying to, you know, that they want to get to that point.
0: 60 days left to the, the state Stage final? In, yep. So, and, and day day number one was that Sunday, the day after the, the Pirates? Yes, it win? was. Wow. Yeah? Yes, it was. That's that's awesome. Well, you know, let's hope you get back to, to day, yep. the calendar gets torn all the way down to day one. Yeah,
1: that's what we're, that's what we're
0: hoping, but. That would be awesome to see that again. I You know, would not surprise me. In the least, you have the team to do it and you just gotta, you know. Stay grounded, it. that's right. Yeah. Fingers crossed that, that nothing crazy happens and you guys go out there and, and play. Well, this has been a lot of fun. We're gonna wrap things up. I'm talking to Vic Vecchio, Jeff Lang, Mifflin Football today, and we can talk for another hour about all the great things uh, the Mustangs have done in the last uh, 25 or 30 years. But guys, I, I do appreciate you taking the time. After a long day, I know you you were here early this morning. You haven't had dinner, so I'm going to let you go. But uh, just uh, to remind you that the Mike Drago Sports Podcast is presented this week and every week throughout the football season by Utilities Employees Credit Union. UECU invites you to enjoy low loan rates, competitive deposit rates, member rewards, shopping discounts, roadside assistance, and cell phone protection powered by Bazing. UECU, located in Wyomissing, or at uecu.org slash checking. And as a reminder, uh, check out mikedragosports.com. You'll find uh, previews for this week's games, feature stories, schedules, whatever you need to know about football, you can find it on the website right now. Uh, also, before we leave, offering a special discount for one-year subscription memberships for the podcast, uh, for podcast listeners. Use the code MikeDragopod, all one word, for a discount on your subscription. And you can subscribe by going to the website, MikeDragosports.com. That'll wrap it up for Week 8 in Burke's football. Thanks for listening.